nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the Pickup app today. That's PKUP and wake up worry free. Hi, I'm Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Well, We're joined by a man who only recently just uh, changed jobs, uh, Steve Robertson, late of Triple Eight, but last of Porsche Australia. Steve, you're now the project manager for Grove Racing on Gen 3, uh, a fascinating project and one you've been involved in all sorts of times during your time in Australia. Uh, yes, hello, Tony. Um, yes, uh, as you know, so originally started here at Triple Eight, was there for approximately like 10, 10 or so years, um, spent a couple of years at Supercars, uh, running the technical department there. Um, just finished a tenure of six and a half years at Porsche, um, looking after the Carrera Cup Series, a um, couple of categories there, which was good, and it's just recently started with Grove Racing. Reacquainting yourself with David Catchy, who you spent many years with, he obviously uh, looked out for you to come and uh, run their Gen 3 program. Um, yes, it was a little bit, uh, to be honest, it was a, a bit by accident. Um, I'd actually been approached by another supercar team, and I was speaking today of just getting a bit of a lay of the land and seeing how, how supercars was this day, and, and then at that time you said, oh, am I looking for a change? And I said, probably. And um, didn't think much of it, and about half an hour later he rang you back with a job offer. <laughs> <laughs> he reacted quickly, didn't he? Right. Which yes. is uh, what motorsport's about, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to make decisions on the fly and offer the good ones. <laughs> your your coming to Australia was a result of your uh, friendship and experience working with Ludo Lacroix back in the DTM in Audi days. Yeah, that's correct. Um, me and, uh, and uh, Ludo worked for Audi for two years. Um, one year I was the uh, the data engineer for him with um, Lorona Yellow. We won a couple of championships, which was good. And he had a he had a, t- a tie up with Triple Eight in the UK at that stage, and with Roland. Um, I didn't really know Roland, so uh, it was Ludos that suggested to me, "Do you want to move to Australia and look at the supercar thing?" Now, yes, that's where we ended up. Now, uh, Gen Three, this complex subject. You're heavily involved, and you've been down at Phillip Island where the te- testing continues. Yes, I was down there, so I um, so I've been here approximately three weeks now. So obviously, trying to entrench myself and get up to speed with where they're at with the Gen Pre project. Um, everybody's been very helpful to try and help me along there. So I did the first test at Tassie um, two weeks ago, where we had our our guys driving the car. And that was really good to get me acquainted with what they've done. I mean, the guys have done a pretty good job so far. Um, and then today, because the um, supercars have made basically everything's an open book, so I just went down with some other teams there, some other drivers, and it gave me a chance to catch up with the supercar guys again and the homologation team and just to see how they're going with testing, which is always good. Um, now, Brendan, uh, Brendan Grove has told me that you've uh, locked in with Ford um, for the next program, so the Mustang in its new shape, shall we say, 
is destined to be your uh, weapon of choice next year. Yeah, that's correct. I think the uh, the new shape in the production car is being released mid-September. Um, so we haven't seen it as such yet. The homologation team is busy working away with the the models they need to get all the bodywork done and the homologation for their testing. Um, so I'm hoping by September we should see the, what the new car looks like. It will be exciting, a um, bit of a facelift, and the new the new model will be nice. One of the achievements uh, of Gen 3 is the uh, uh, more control engine program, which I understand that uh, uh, Herod Performance will, will be the supplier of those engines. Yeah, that's correct. Um, at the moment, they're just finishing off the final details so we can actually start placing orders. Um, I've been having a chat with Rob, um, and they're, they've got a lot of stuff under the way. They're working directly with Ford in the States, um, so they have some engines there on dynos. They're going to be doing some mileage testing and checking components. In the meantime, um, a lot of stuff is already being sent to here. Uh, to, to Australia for Rob and his guys to start putting engines together ready for next year. In terms of your project manager of the program, I mean, do you have sort of a, a timeline built up yet on when you need to start putting together? Look, I mean, it's, it's yes, we do, but it's, it's a timeline that's kind of being attacked from both sides. Um, so we have a of, of when, when we need to be finished date, which is always set in concrete when the calendar comes out. And so we'll work backwards from there, but then we're trying to trying to get a date where we can actually start, where everything gets signed off by supercars or an, a large enough proportion that we can start the program, um, you know, so there's no hindrance on, on stuff that we can't control further down the road. Now, obviously, Grove showed at the Grand Prix that, uh, you know, three or four podiums over the weekend and, uh, following up on Casey, great speed. So clearly the engineering now of the team is well and truly getting on top of the current car. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, they win everything, but, you know, there's, there's a vast improvement where the team been a year ago. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think uh, Dev Couch has done a great job there <clears throat> bringing some fresh ideas to the team. I mean, they've got a really good um, base of engineers here, which they've added to. But I think it's a it's a case of you know it's giving them some leadership and some direction, and they're all pulling in the same place. So I think what it's doing is it's really gelling the team, and everybody's getting a taste of you know what winning's about. So although we're going to a new car next year, this will give us a good chance if we can carry on this sort of trajectory to build up a team to get everything in place. So when when a new car comes on board, we're sort of up and running and, and ready to take it to the other guys. You know. When do you think that you'll uh, there'll be a sign-off? Uh, you know, supercars obviously continuing testing, and it'll go. The testing will continue right through the championship, uh, but there has to be a point sometime. I mean, the cars were at Bathurst last year. I mean, will it be before them that the sign-off will be for the uh, the, sh- the chassis and suspension and those things? Oh, look, as it stands at the moment, um, about ninety percent of the chassis is signed off. So we're very close to recommencing production on body shells and chassis. <clears throat> um, a lot of the buy-in componentry, they're sort of saying within the next week to two weeks. So we're kind of on the cusp of everything really kicking into gear and, you know, so teams and people can get on with it. Does this mean that Grove Racing will be, uh, be assembling, cutting tube and building your, your own chassis? We're... Um, 
we're predominantly a racing team, not a manufacturing team. So unlike you know the triple yep. of the world, we'll we'll be buying our componentry in. So for us, it's about aligning ourselves with um, respected and competent builders and manufacturers, um, really getting the best bang we can for the buck that we're going to spend. Um, and yeah, that's where we're at. Difference dealing with supercars, there seems to be uh, far more information at this stage coming out about this whole Gen 3 program. It's uh, been, well, obviously you worked with Adrian Burgess at various times uh, in various different guises as well. Um, that seems to be a, a quite a different program because obviously Supercars Australia as such, uh, the, the change of ownership, there, there's a real change in the way things are being done, isn't there? Yeah, look, I mean... It, it- the guys have had a, had a pretty hard time there. So it's a very small team at Supercars anyway. And if you look at all the hurdles they've had to try and get over between COVID running a series, um, the issues with supplies around the world at the moment, uh, change of ownership of the actual of the company. So there's a lot of things that have been in their way which they've managed to overcome and they've, they've still managed to come out with a, a pretty good and well thought up product now. Um, that's why I think there's been seems to have been a bit of a lull in the program, um, but that's definitely you know they've, they've kicked that into top and they're definitely getting on with it. You know. There's your drivers, particularly in Lee Holdsworth and Dave Reynolds. They had a drive at Simmons Plains of the uh, new car. Quite, uh, it was quite a positive feedback. I think, to be honest, I think there was been a, a bit of negative um, comments about cars in the press um, up until lately. Um, and I was quite um, happy that they both got on the car. They both drove the car and came back reasonably positive. Um, they said that was actually a good, good fun car to drive. And boy, the biggest comment is really the missing the arrow. But um, that's what the new category is going to be about. So it's going to be more about driving the cars than relying on the arrow. So you're looking for mechanical grip everywhere. But the in general, for what is predominantly just a test bed for components, they, they were both very positive. And and your race engineers in Alistair McVean and Will Davidson, um, they've had that opportunity to uh, look closely at the data being a feedback? Yeah, look, um, we were published. Everybody um, had access to the data from all the tests last week. As such, we haven't had a chance to sit down and go through it and you know see what our impressions are. Um, those guys busy trying to win races at the moment, so that might fall to me. Yep, and from all you can see, it, it seems to be uh, pretty positive in terms of what the car is going to end up as. Yeah, look, I think they've done a good job to cover off a lot of areas where teams spend too much time and money and effort trying to get right. So stuff like cooling packages, steering, you know, all these componentries that everybody's trying to redesign all the time. It's going to be a controlled a controlled element, and it's going to be over-engineered, so nobody has to think about it. So when we go racing, all we have to think about is making the cars go fast and how we tune the cars with the capabilities we have. So I think in that sense, they've done a very good job trying to just take out all that sort of cost and expense out of the engineering side of the car. Because that's one of the, the criticisms that's been up to date, you know, the potential for these cars to really get way out of, um, you know, costing twice as much as the previous kind of things like that. But what you're saying is that, in fact, the over-engineering is going to be the thing that, that keeps the cost under control. It should do, because you don't, you don't have to go out and re-engineer it again. It's already been thought about. 
and it's already more than capable for the job. So, for instance, the cooling packages for the engines, so the radiators will be identical across both the the ducting, the airbox, air filters, all these sort of components. It's already been thought about. So we just have to buy it, bolt it in the car, and go and run it. We don't have to do any more thinking about it. Have you had any inkling at all there is another manufacturer on the horizon anywhere? No, I can't say that I have, no. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's needed because obviously, you know, these two cars are, are, have been fighting <laughs> between each other for the best part of 60 years, you know. Yeah, look, another manufacturer would always be welcome. welcome. One thing at the car of the future, I mean, a lot of people knocked it, but with the Nissan and the Mercedes that came in and the Volvos, but while they didn't sort of hang around too long, but they did fund a lot of teams to go racing for a lot of years. So in essence, it did kind of do its job, you know, instead of Ford and Holden bearing the brunt of the costs across the whole category, there was some extra manufacturers in there for a while. And again, it would be welcomed if they, if we had more manufacturers moving forward. And it certainly did spice things up, you know, the Volvo and Mercedes uh, in particular, and, and Nissan as well, obviously. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it sounds like you've got plenty on your hands. Have you got a date? I mean, it, there's not going to be a, a massive testing program for each team because there's obviously the series. One of the characteristics of this series is that, you know, test, test days are an absolute minimum. Will you get from when you've completed your cars, will you get a, a clear two, three, four days sort of opportunities to, to test a new car? Look, that's that's one of the bigger questions we have outstanding at supercars, and also they they've got a lot of work to do to 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 give us a date. Um, but I mean, there will be a testing ban uh, just to ensure that everybody has the same same ability to get cars ready, and you know, so that we don't have teams building them in a couple of weeks and going out and testing flat out. But uh, look, if we can if we can get testing. By the end of this year, I think we'll be that'll put us in good stead for next year. Given that this car was first of all mooted to be uh, appearing in 2021, um, it certainly uh, doesn't seem as though there's going to be any handicap to the series in particular with such a delay of you know sort of two years. Uh, no, I don't. Think so. I think that the timing's probably worked out quite good, quite well in the end. Um, if you look at all the all the things the categories had to endure over the past couple of years, I think throwing a new car into it would have been, yeah, that would have been really hard for the people working in the series. So I think the timing for it coming in for next year has probably worked out quite well in the end. I know, Steve, we caught up very briefly at the Grand Prix. I imagine that you've been uh, rather delighted to see such an enormous crowd at an event uh, back in Australia. <laughs> yes, definitely. It's nice to see a lot of people around, especially when you live in Victoria for the past two years. Yeah. Well, Steve Robertson of uh, Grove Racing, thank you so much for joining us. So I look forward to catching up later in the year, both at the track and on uh, the show, to uh, give us an update on where Grove Racing is. In thank you. Thanks, Tony. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.